Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and welcome to 2022, bitches. We made it somehow, but we made it. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, time of the year where we get to sit down and we get to do one of my favorite things, which is look back on the year before uh, that that just happened. We get to look back at my favorite albums of the last year, and 2021 had a plethora of albums, especially a plethora of great albums. It was really hard to narrow it down this year to just 20, and I have a lot of honorable mentions. But before we get into that, I just want to say, you know, I haven't really done an episode where it's just been me talking into a microphone for a while. I've had guests or interview viewer interviewees, you know, it's always been someone else's last year. And those, those episodes have been a lot of fun. But I want to take the time up, up top just to say, you know, if you're a regular listener, thank you. I appreciate you. You know, I'm not the biggest show on the planet, but I appreciate those who do listen. And I also wanted to say thank you to all the great guests I've had this year, whether it was friends like Eric Miller and Craig Smith from Pods and Saws, Sonny Pooney from Growing Up Rock, Lee McCormick from Tramps Like Us, Brad Page from I'm In Love With That Song, or the people I got to interview, Udo Dirkschneider, Jim Peterick, Tommy Clefados. Uh, this year has been incredible for the podcast. It was one of my, one of, probably the best year for the show so far, and I am so thankful that I get to do this. I get to talk about music for you guys here because it keeps me sane. I love it. Thank you. Thanks to everybody that's come on. Thanks to everybody that's listened. Let's keep on rock and rolling in 2022. But back to the matter at hand. The best albums of 2021, like I said, plethora this year, a lot to choose from. Um, there's stuff that I, even as I do this right now, I'm thinking of and I'm like, fuck, I should have put that on the list. But alas, I've finalized my list. This is what I'm sticking with. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some honorable mentions, and I'm not going to get really into those. I'm just going to read them. And those records, I enjoyed them top to bottom, but they just missed my top 20. Um, if I had, if otherwise, I, if I talked about those two, this would be a very long episode. So I'm going to run through those. Then I'm going to run through my 20 through 11. Uh, just I'll just talk about those records, and then my 10 through number one, I'm going to talk about and play a play a clip of a track from each one, so you get a little taste of what those are like. So. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Starting with the honorable mentions, uh, we got Steve Lukather, I Found the Sun Again, Zelbo, In My Dreams, David Crosby for free, Groundbreaker, Soul to Soul, Crazy Licks, Street Lethal, Blood Red Saints, Undisputed, The Pretty Reckless, Death by Rock and Roll, Sunbomb, Evil and Divine, Houston Four, Jim Peterick on World Stage, Tigress, Women Who Rock the World, Arc of Life, Weezer, OK Human, Mickey Dolan's Dolan Sings Nesmith, Billy Gibbons, Hardware, Land of Gypsies, Rise Against, Nowhere Generation, and Yes, The Quest. Those are great records that are definitely worth your time. Uh, they're my honorable mentions. But now, let's get into the top 20. Starting off at number 20, we got Sticks with Crash of the Crown. So this is a record I really did not expect to make the list this year. I'm not going to lie. You guys know I'm a Dennis guy, and the record he put out last year was simply phenomenal. 26 East, Volume 1. So, for Sticks and Dennis to put both put out records this year, it was I was curious what it was going to be like, and I got this record and I initially put it down for a little bit, but uh, I came back to it in December, gave it more of a listen, and it's really grown on me. This record is very, it's Sticks taking their prog influence, which has always been there. It's always been a part of the band. It's just kind of been below the surface, and surfacing it in full. Like this album has flavors of Yes and ELP. 
and Jethro Tull. Like the '70s prog vibes are very strong with this record, but it is a lot of fun. It's a great listen. It's a great headphone album too. Like if you just want to like hear something like for like fun studio trickery, put your headphones on and listen to this record because you'll get lost in like the bounce back and forth and the production of this record. It's really cool. Uh, the band sounds tight as ever. Um, my only real complaint about this album is I wish JY had another vocal on here. I wish he had another song. Like JY is one of my favorite members of Sticks. I love his singing voice. And I would have loved a full song from him. He sings the first verse of the title track, but he does play some great guitar, great guitar on the record. And if you want to hear some of that, check out the song "A Monster" because that song is it is a monster. Like especially at the end, he just sounds so huge with the solo he's playing. Um, other highlights: I like uh, I like the uh, song "Reveries." That's a cool song. I like "Hold Back the Darkness." It's really kind of a eerie, heavy song, but very cool. Our Wonderful Lives is kind of this great little Beatlesque song towards the middle of the album. And then To Those, which is closer to the end of the album, uh, to me that song sums up what the record's all, all about, which is basically, you know, it's about unity, it's about coming together, you know, not being divided by forces that would try and divide us. And, you know, don't give up. It's a very hopeful record. So, yeah, I, I recommend this. Like, even if you're a Styx fan that's more... You know, my, like me and Witches, you know, Dennis was back in the band. This is still a great record. It's still Sticks. Uh, check it out. Sticks, Cracks the Crown, number number 20. Number 19, we got KK's Priest with Sevens of the Sina. Uh, I love Judas Priest again. This should come no, as no surprise to anyone that this album made my list. But uh, I was, I was kind of nervous about this one. I'm not going to lie, guys. So I'm familiar with the... Uh, so KK's Priest basically is KK Downing. He's put together his own version of Judas Priest, basically. Uh, he's got Ripper Owens on vocals. And uh, so he, I was wondering, is this just going to sound like the Ripper era Priest albums? Which, they're okay. Um, musically, those records are great, especially Jugulator. Um, but I always found them a bit lacking in the lyrical department. Um, just because, I don't know, it's, they seemed... I know metal itself could be cheesy at times, but those songs, especially like Decapitate... Bloodstained, they just seemed a little cheesy to me. But musically, you know, songs like Cathedral Spires and Burn in Hell and the title track on Jugulator, like those were so massive. So, and and Ripper is a great singer, so I, I wasn't sure what to expect. But what I got was a nice Judas Priest flavored album from this band. Uh, the twin guitar attack is still there. KK and I, I apologize, I don't remember the name of the other guitarist off the top of my head, but man, this record. It's classic priest flavor all the way through. Very much of the painkiller variety with songs like Hellfire Thunderbolt and uh, Sermons of the Sinner and Metal Through and Through. Like They're a, a bit more of the faster nature, but then you got some of the stuff towards the middle of the record like Raise Your Fists and Brothers of the Road that kind of have that classic like British Steel uh, Screaming for Vengeance vibe going on. Uh, yeah, this record is just... Just a lot of fun. Uh, Sacerte Y Diablo is kind of an epic track that I love. Uh, my favorite, I think, is... Uh, honestly, I love the ending track, Return of the Sentinel. It's almost 10 minutes long. Um, it starts kind of faster, and then it kind of has this like really eerie, slow outro. And I love Ripper's voice on this song. He does some really cool high notes that are just make the hair on my arm stand up. It's a really cool thing he does he does yeah this is a great record if you're skeptic like i was check it out and if you if you haven't yet it's a great record i think so number 19 kk's priest sermons of the center 
Number 18, we got Ricky Warwick, When Life Was Hard and Fast. Uh, it should be no secret to anyone that listens to this podcast as well that I'm a big fan of Black Star Writers. They've always made my list when they put out an album. So when Ricky Warwick was putting out a solo album this year, of course I was going to listen. I loved his last one, When Patsy Cline Was Crazy. I thought that was a great record. And I was kind of hoping this record would be more like that, would be more of that. And this album is interesting. It's kind of split down the middle. You've got songs like When Life Is Hard and Fast and Fighting Hard and I'd Rather Be Hit By Any Man Than Hurt By Any Woman that are, they could be Black Star Rider songs, basically. They're great, you know, kind of two guitar rock songs. And then you've got stuff like uh, Never Corner a Rat and Gunslinger and, uh, what's the closing number? Uh, You're My Rock and Roll. Yeah, You're My Rock and Roll role, which are like these punky, fast, in-your-face songs. He's got Keith Nelson, who used to be in Buckcherry, producing and playing with him on this album, and I think he adds a bit of that flavor to the record. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this record. You know, I, I am, if Ricky Warwick is putting something out, there's a good chance I'm going to love it. So, uh, yeah, this one comes in at number 18 for me. Uh, my favorites, I'm going to say, are uh, When Life Was Hard and Fast, and I'd Rather Be Hit by Any Man Than Hurt by Any Woman, and uh, Fighting Heart. Those are my favorite songs on the record. Check it out. All right. At number... Number 17. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Math. Ha <laughs> ha. Number 17, we got Ronnie Atkins with One Shot. Uh, also got to interview him this year, so check that out if you haven't heard my interview with Ronnie Atkins. But, so he's the lead singer of the band Pretty Maids. He's never done a solo record before. This is his first one. I do know it kind of came about. Um, unfortunately, Ronnie is battling cancer. And it seems like he just wants to make as much music as he can. Um, I don't know the status of his, you know, his illness or anything. I'm not going to speculate on that here. But I think he just wants to make music. He feels inspired to just keep writing. And this solo album is something new for him. And I think it came out really great. It's a little more melodic rock than Pretty Maids. Pretty Maids are very much a heavy metal band. No, no question about it. This is a little more... AOR flavor. I mean, it has some heavier stuff. I think Before the Rise of, the, of an Empire is a great heavier song on the album if you want something a little more pretty made E. But then you've got stuff like Real and One Shot that are definitely way more AOR. Scorpio is my favorite. It's got a great little keyboard riff, riff in it and it's got kind of a... I like the hook, you know, comparing Ronnie to a Scorpion. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and he's already got, got plans for another album to come out this year that's already in the can. Uh, the first single's out, and it comes out a year to the date that this first one came out. So I'm super, I'm super pumped to have another album from Ronnie coming coming out another solo album because this is great. He's got a great singing voice. Um, it's kind of gruff but super super melodic. Uh, yeah, I think I've I've used great singer a lot, but he really is. That's the that's one of my favorite things about Pretty Maids is his voice. So to, for him to do a solo record is perfect for me. I uh, can't wait for the new one, and check out One Shot. And check out Pretty Mates, too, if you've never checked out Pretty Mates. Check out the record Future World by them. I think if you're into some heavier stuff with with keyboards and that's got melodic vocals, you'll dig that record. At uh, number 16, we got uh, our first non-rock and roll intro into the, into the list. We got uh, Lana Del Rey with Blue Bannisters. Uh, Lana Del Rey is a singer-songwriter, for those who don't know, and she's someone I've really become a big fan of these last couple years. Uh, she's kind of created this like mysterious character for herself. Like, part of me wonders sometimes when I listen to her music how much of this is really Lana and how much of this is the character she's created for herself. You know, I don't know that we'll ever know. And I love that kind of mystique. I think it's I think stuff like that's really cool. 
And this is the second record she put out in 2021. Uh, she put out another one we'll talk about later. Um, this one is definitely different from that one. Uh, the first one was more folky. This one is very sparse in its instrumentation. It feels very bare. Uh, it feels very open. A lot of stuff drenched in reverb. It's a really, really uh, mellow, chilled out album. Like this is a good album to kick back to in the evening. Um, yeah, uh, some favorites of my favorites on here. I, lo I love Arcadia. I think that was a great first single. I like Black Bathing Suit. That's classic Lana. Um, Dealer has this incredible screaming vocal on it that, like, if even if you're not a Lana fan, check out Dealer. It's such a cool vocal. I, like, I love her voice. It's it's almost like she's cry screaming. It's it's insane. Um, Nectar of the Gods is cool. Um, Sweet Carolina is a great song to end the record on. Uh, the other thing that surprised me about this record is she pulls out a lot of songs from the vault, like Cherry Blossom and Thunder and Dealer. You know, these songs that she's had sitting around for a while and finally put them out. So, yeah, this was her second album in 2021. I didn't think we'd actually get to. She announced that she'd put out another one, like, literally right after the first one dropped. And I was kind of like, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that'll happen. But it did. Um, and it's a great record, and I really enjoyed it. So... Yeah, Blue Bannisters by Lana Del Rey. That's my number 16. Check it out. Number 15, we got Billie Eilish with Happier Than Ever. Um, I thought Billie's first record was great. I think she is a great pop artist, uh, just a great artist in general. I like that she's a little darker in her songwriting, and I like her voice. It's very kind of torch singer-esque, kind of jazzy, very, very smooth and haunting. And this album, her first album to me, it seemed more like, the her first album was Those Are the Monsters in Your Head. This album is The Monsters in the Real World, um, which is an interesting concept for sure. Um, it's a little more less synthy. It's a little more acoustic-based, I think. And it's a little more down-tempo, too. Like, there's not a lot of, I mean, <laughs> Billie Eilish's music isn't exactly sunshine and rainbows and fast to begin with, but this one is really, like, down tempo in a way. I think I even looked at Wikipedia today and it listed the genre as down tempo. Um, but there's some cool stuff here. I think uh, Your Power is a great kind of haunting acoustic song. Uh, Therefore I Am is probably the most upbeat and fun song on the album. That was a single that came out uh, in 2020 actually and I was a big fan of that song and still one of my favorites. Uh, I love the closer, Male Fantasy. Her voice is just beautiful on that one. Beautiful and breathy and airy and kind of fragile. Yeah, this is a... I, I played this record a lot. I like this album because I feel like when I put it on, I'm jumping into someone else's world and walking around in their skin for a little bit, seeing seeing what they see. So, yeah, this is a good record to escape into. Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever. Check it out. All right, number 14. We got one of my favorite artists ever with... Uh, Alice Cooper, we got Detroit Stories. This is his, God, what, what album is this from? 21st album, if you can believe that. 21st album for Alice Cooper. This is, well, Wikipedia's 21st solo album, so I don't know if that includes the, the group or not. But, uh, yeah, he's made so many records throughout his career. And um, I'm not going to lie, spoiler alert up front, um, I'm an Alice Cooper super fan. Uh, I love pretty much everything he's put out, so I'm I'm a bit biased <laughs> when it comes to comes to Cooper. But uh, yeah, anybody that knows me probably knew that this was gonna make my list. I was so happy with this record. Um, the theme basically this time around is Alice is 
in Detroit, paying tribute to the city that the band kind of came up in, the music scene he was part of, the garage rock scene. And it's a very stripped-back album. Like, if I were to compare it to a prior Cooper record, I would probably compare it to The Eyes of Alice Cooper or Dirty Diamonds. It's kind of of that vibe. If you love those records, you're probably going to like this one a lot. Uh, there's a lot of fun songs on here. The Punky Go Man Go, uh, Social Debris, which has the whole, well, what's left of the remaining Alice Cooper band playing on it. Uh, Thousand Dollar High Heel Shoes, which is kind of a Detroit Motown-flavored song. And it's got, uh, I think, uh, Sister, I want to say Sister Sledge doing backing vocals on it. Very cool. Uh, Detroit City 2021, which is an update of the song from the eyes of Alice Cooper. Um, I like the eerie, wonderful world. Uh, there's some great covers on here too. East Side Story, Sister Anne. Uh, th those are both ones by Bob Seger, which is East Side Story, and Sister Anne's by MC5. Our Love Will Change the World, which is by someone named uh, Outrageous Cherry. I've never heard of them, but uh, I like this song a lot. I think Alice does it really well. It's kind of a power poppy tune that gives me creepy cult vibes like i feel like i'm i'm listening to a cult sing to me when i listen to that song but it's so cool uh yeah this record everything i love about alice is on here but i think my favorite song is uh shut up and rock i know it's kind of controversial like alice said said you know he's made it very known throughout the years it's funny to me that this was breaking news last year when alice has always said you know rock and roll is not meant to be political which is you know basically the message of shut up is rock and rock is you know just play the music you know that's what you're there for and i'm somewhere in the middle on this message uh i go to music to escape uh i go to music to get away from things but i think an artist should be allowed to express whatever their feeling is on any topic in any art form so i don't have an issue when an artist does it but i am also of the mind that i go to music for escapism so i see where alice is coming from and it's just a fun song it's a catchy song and I'm surprised he hasn't been playing it live yet. He needs to put that in the set list because that thing I think is going to kill live. So, yeah, number 14, Alice Cooper with Detroit Stories. Uh, number 13, we got uh, Lana Del Rey again with Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Uh, this one is the first record that came out last year um, that she put out. And it's more in line with uh, what she was doing, I'd say, on Norman fucking Rockwell. I'd say it's almost a direct continuation of that it's more folky than like the big open blue banisters is it's kind of like it's almost desertish in a way it feels like driving through joshua tree this album is very acoustic very like piano heavy at times and just her voice and something accompanying it there's not not much else to the record and i love it i love white dress she has this kind of like wavery like very fragile delivery on the song. It's kind of light and airy and haunting. And then uh, I love Tulsa Jesus Freak. It's kind of wavy and swayish. And the Let Me Love You Like a Woman has a great, like sexy lead vocal and some electric guitar creeping in and ends with a really nice Joni Mitchell cover of For Free. Uh, yeah, this album is, I played the shit out of this thing this year. I'm not gonna lie. Like it, it was a great kickback album. Uh, I made some great memories listening to it, so yeah, I cannot recommend this one enough. I love Lonnie's voice, um, I love her songwriting, and yeah, I I, I always want more Lana. I'll take I'll take it whatever, whatever I get. I, it's funny I don't know if we'll be getting a new one anytime soon from her, but the the fact that we got two this year I think was great, especially coming off of uh, Norman fucking Rockwell not being that long ago. So yeah, Chemtrails Over the Country Club, fantastic album, love it. 
up next at number 12, we got Brian Setzer with Gotta Have the Rumble. Um, I got really into uh, Rockabilly this year, and especially the Stray Cats. The Stray Cats are fantastic. Uh, they might be one of my new favorite bands, honestly. Um, I did an episode on the Stray Cats, by the way. Go check that out with uh, Lee McCormick of Tramps Like Us. It's a lot of fun to listen to. I highly recommend it. But yeah, when I heard Brian was putting out a solo album, I jumped on pre-ordering that right away, and he did not disappoint. He gave us a classic Rockabilly throwback album. Uh, Checkered Flag is a great song. Uh, Smash Up on Highway 1 has some great like surf Dick Dale-esque guitar playing on it. I love That's probably my favorite song on the album, Smash Up on Highway 1. Um, I love The Wrong Side of the Tracks. It's kind of a noir-flavored thing. Um, the Cat with Nine Wives is just really funny. Rockabilly Riot, it's, it's funny, his previous solo album was called Rockabilly Riot, but this is the album with the song Rockabilly Riot. Uh, that's a great, you know, kind of Stray Cats flavored song, I think. And then, of course, Rockabilly Banjo, I love. You know, I love it, I love it when Setzer picks up a banjo. He's very good with that instrument. And his charisma and charm shines through on the album. It's a great album. It's a cool album to listen to. You can't be humble. You gotta have the rumble. So yeah, number 12, Brian Setzer with Gotta Have the Rumble. Number 11, we got Phineas with The Optimist, Billy Eilish's brother and producer, produced her first two albums. I'm not going to lie, people. I heard this was coming out. I didn't listen to any singles. I just figured, okay, he produced two albums I like. Let me pre-order this. I'm probably going to enjoy it. And I pre-ordered it. I didn't think about it again. And then it showed up. I popped it in the CD player. And let me tell you, people, I was blown away. I like this more than Billy's album that came out this year, honestly. It's such a good pop record. It's a little lighter in tone, I think, than hers is, but it's witty. It's very witty. Like, check out the song, The Kids Are All Dying. I know that sounds like a dark title, but it's really well-written. It's very smart, and I think it's kind of funny when, when you get down to it, uh, when you listen to the lyrics, and you'll see why. Happy Now with a question mark, that's another one. Uh, concert Six Months From Now. Love is Pain. Uh, those are some great, great ballads. I love the 90s. There's some kind of fun synth noises going on there. And another one that's kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek lyrics. Yeah, if, if you're a Billie Eilish fan, you should definitely check this out. Uh, if you're just a fan of good pop music, you should check this out. He's got a great voice. He's a great writer. And he even does some, like, really cool, like, soul vocals on one track. You'll, you'll see what I mean. It's, it's great. And I love the... Uh, I even love the piano instrumental called Peaches Etude. He's a great piano player. This is this was the record that surprised me the most, I think, this year. I was not expecting this one to blow me away like it did, but it really did. So yeah, Phineas with The Optimist at number 11. And that was my 20 through 11. So now we're going to move into my top 10. And what's going to be different here is I'm probably going to go a little deeper on these albums. And I'm also going to play a clip of a track from each song, uh, from each song, from each album in the list for my 10 to 1. So let's jump right in, shall we? All right, so here we go. Uh, coming in at number 10, we got Neil Young and Crazy Horse with Barn. And I say it like that because it seems like the rollout campaign for this album has just been the word Barn in all caps in the social media posts. Um, yeah, this is a great record. Uh, I really got into Neil Young this year. I'd, I've been trying for a few years now to kind of get more into Neil Young. And the thing I struggle with is, I don't know what it was. I just it felt like his music wasn't unlocking to me. Like the lyrics were kind of going over my head and I'm a, I'm a lyric guy when it comes to things like I love the music side of things, but I really love 
the words as well. So at some point this last year, I kind of just stopped trying so hard and I just listened a little, just like kind of let the albums wash over me a bit. And when that happened, I finally, they finally clicked with me. I finally understood Neil and I don't know how to put it into words, but I find, I get him now. I get what he does. And I became a big fan. I've listened to almost every record he's done. I mean, I haven't heard everything. I have most of it, but I haven't heard everything. There's so much. And uh, if I'm being honest, I was not expecting a new album from him this year. Uh, we got some ar archive stuff at the beginning of the year. We got Way Down in the Rust Bucket, and we got um, Young Shakespeare. We got, um, we got what's the one from the Bootleg series called? Uh, Carnegie Hall. So we got three archive releases this year, so I was not expecting a new studio album, but here we are uh, with Barn. It came out like in the middle of December. It's still very new. Um, the records, I don't even think the record's a month old yet. <laughs> oh, uh, not quite, no, not quite a month old yet. So yeah, this didn't, almost didn't make my list, but I've played it so much in December that, yeah, this is one of my favorite albums of 2021 for sure. Um, it's got everything I love about Neil on it, but kind of balanced because I love both sides of Neil. I love the country, folky side of Neil, and I love the loud, distorted, crazy horse side of Neil. There's the rock and roll. And this album is mostly crazy horse, but there's a few more softer moments, and those are great as well. Um, I love, you know, Neil's voice just still sounds the same as ever, and he still just can build these, like, big smoldering guitar riffs like that's one of my favorite things about when he plays with crazy horses the guitars almost sound like the amp is smoldering that's the best way i can describe it uh, highlights for me i love heading west that's kind of an autobiographical song change ain't never gonna is a great thrasher of a song uh Canarican and shape of you are also great you know rockers as well i love they might be lost it's kind of an eerie slower number and then the kind of Slow paced Welcome Back is a cool song. Uh, kind of reminds me of Ambulance Blues in a way. And then I love Don't Forget Love to close out the album. It's a nice little gentle note to end things on. Neil has still got it all these years later. Neil is, to use a, to use the uh, phrase that one of my favorite podcasts, Long Bay You Young, uses, fucking Neil, man. Fucking Neil. Yeah. And in 2021, I needed some fucking Neil. And thankfully, I got some fucking Neil. So yeah, I'm going to play you guys a bit of Heading West. Check it out.
was heading west from Barn by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Great record. Uh, moving on, number nine. So this was also kind of the year I got back into country music a little bit. I mean, I grew up with a lot of country music, but uh, I don't know. I, I'd always kind of like drift away from it. And this year, I think I kind of finally found the stuff that sticks. A lot of Willie, Waylon especially. I love Waylon Jennings. Johnny Cash, of course. Uh, I found like I love a lot of the older outlaw country. But there's some great country that's come after that as well. And one of my favorites, someone I even enjoyed growing up, was uh, Gary Allen. Um, I think he's a really... He's a unique, unique artist. Like he, he's modern in a sense, yes, but I don't know. He's got, he's got a little bit of whaling in him. I think he's got a little bit of rock and roll in him as well. And his music's always kind of felt just a little extra, like dingy and smoky. Like it's always felt very authentic, even though he doesn't write most of it, which is something that still trips me out because the way he sings these songs, you, you would think like he wrote these himself. He hadn't made an album in something like eight years, and. Uh, when I pulled out his greatest hits and I started looking up, you know, what he'd been up to, uh, I saw that he, right after I started listening to it, like this new album was literally coming out in like two weeks. So I pre-ordered it and I was not disappointed. I love this record. Uh, it's, it's just literally Gary doing what he does best. It's very like reminiscent of, I'd say, Smoke Rings in the Dark. If you love that record and that song, like kind of that laid back, mid-paced sound. Um, there's some good amazing songs on here waste of a whiskey drink is really good uh high as i've ever been what i can't sing what i can't talk about i sing about that's a great song for me because i feel like that's how i express myself if i don't know how to talk about something i pick a song and i let the song express it for me uh sex is a really clever song little glass of wine is a kind of a cool way to show off his voice and then of course unfiltered is incredibly catchy uh, I'm going to play a little clip of Unfiltered, actually. That's uh, yeah, one of my favorites on this record. Check it out. Well, I'm an old school West Coast tale that like it is. I'm a too long bar stool setting son of a bitch. I love Jesus, mom, the cash, and rock and roll. They all taught me not to sugarcoat. So don't let me down easy, take me or leave me, tell me where to go. If you're gonna give it, give it to me straight Of what you love and hate, what you hate Cause I don't need no water in my jacket I'm the kind of guy that likes his coffee black So give me hell and not what the heck A little more what you see is what you get Yeah, I want my truth like a hand-rolled cowboy killer So give it to me unfiltered I was unfiltered by Gary Allen from the album Ruthless. Great record. Uh, don't 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 sleep on country, folks. Uh, just because there's some out there that's not so savory, uh, there is stuff that's worth listening to. I think. I think I've learned that now. Uh, moving on, uh, we are at number eight, and we've got the other stray cat to put out a solo album this year. We've got Lee Rocker with Gather Round. 
Um, like I said, I really got into Stray Cats this year, and this came out super early in the year. When I heard this was coming out, I was still like listening to certain Stray Cats albums for the first time, so this was a no-brainer for me to check out. And uh, I was not disappointed. I even got to see Lee Rocker live this year, and he played a lot of this record. It was great. Um, if you love the Stray Cats, if you love Rockabilly, um, especially if you love Rockabilly with that classic kind of Sun Records flavor, like this record is for you. This is a great, great album. Uh, there is, of course, emphasis on the bass. Uh, the first thing you hear on the album is him slapping the bass. It's kind of going up and down the neck. It's really cool. And there's a great instrumental where he kind of gets to show off called Dirty Martini. And there's even a tribute to like his bass playing on here called Doghouse Shuffle, which is about the big doghouse bass he plays. But man, you got stuff like also got stuff like Gather Round, uh, Last Offline Lovers is a great kind of ballad-esque song. Um, Picket and Grinning is probably my favorite song on the on the album. It's very clever. Check out the lyrics to that one. Uh, when Nothing's Going Right, I love that one too. That was also on the last Stray Cats album, and he does it again here. And I think it's a great tune that deserves your attention. Uh, and he also does a blast from my past. He does Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from the Aristocats movie. It's I think that's kind of a cool song for him to cover. He almost makes it sound like the Pink Panther theme, which I think is kind of funny. So, yeah, I'm going to play a clip of, I think we're going to play a clip of Picket and Grinning right here. Check that song out. Seven, we got Lindsey Buckingham with his self-titled solo album. Um, I have really gotten into Fleetwood Mac in the last three or so years, three or four years, and uh, I've become a fan of everybody's work in that band, and including the solo stuff. So when I heard Lindsey was putting out a new solo record, I was really excited because I know he'd had he'd had some health issues. He had a heart attack, and then I'd heard that his vo vocal cords got damaged, so I didn't even know if we'd even get another album from him, but I guess this album was completed before that. But uh, it came out and I was blown away. It's very, it's very uh, Fleetwood Mac flavored. Like if you like the late '70s Fleetwood Mac albums, Tusk, uh, Rumors, stuff like that, you know, you'll really enjoy this. Uh, it it kind of takes that and puts his, brings in like the nature of his solo work. Like I don't even know how to describe Lindsay's solo work to you people. It's just different. It's out there. It's Lindsay, and this album is very much that in spades. Uh, yeah, Scream is a cool song. Uh, I like On the Wrong Side. To me, that's, you know, Go Your Own Way Part 2. Swan Song has this kind of cool techno thing going on. Um, Time is, an, is a nice little ballad. Um, 
I like Power Down quite a bit, and Dancing is kind of a sad song to end the record on, but it's really cool. Yeah, if, you, if you're a Fleetwood Mac fan, don't sleep on this one. I'm going to play a little clip of uh, Swan Song right here. Check it out. playing from Lindsay. Uh, yeah, just, he played everything on this album. It's incredible. Love it. And I saw him live in December. It was one of the best shows I saw this year. Yeah. Welcome back, Lindsay. Um, if you don't, if you ever, if you don't get back on Fleetwood Mac, just keep making great solo records like this. Cause yeah, that, this is fantastic. All right. Number six, we got the killers with pressure machine. Uh, the killers made my list last year with, uh, imploding the mirage. Uh, so again, when they said they were going to follow up so quickly with another album, I kind of didn't believe it. I didn't think it would happen, but here we are with a new Killers album, uh, Pressure Machine, and also I'm supposed to be getting another one this year, so we'll see if that happens, but this one's a little more, so this album was Brandon kind of trying to write an album about his hometown and the characters you would see in a small town. And I really related to that, especially growing up in a small town in the Midwest as well. I mean, he kind of grew up in a small town in Utah. I grew up in the Midwest, but this doesn't feel that disconnected from where I lived. Uh, it's very Springsteen flavored. It's very acoustic. Uh, Imploding the Mirage was like as big and grand as the killers get. This is the killers on a smaller, smaller scale, which is interesting to hear. And it, it works really well. Um, I think the song Desperate Things is probably the best Springsteen song that isn't written by Springsteen. Um, Quiet Town is a tribute to where he grew up. And yeah, that song hits me in the heart when I hear it too. Uh, again, very Springsteen, especially with the harmonica. Terrible Thing is an absolutely heartbreaking ballad. Uh, Runaway Horses is very pretty. It features Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, Sleepwalker is kind of a cool, trippy song. Yeah, this this album is it's also interspersed with like clips of people that were interviewed in in the town. Like he sent around someone to interview people and kind of get clips for the album. So I don't know. You feel like you're in another world when you listen to this album. You you, you step out of your reality and enter a different one. So yeah, I'm gonna play. Ooh, this is a tough record to pick a pick a song to play a clip from. I'm gonna play a little bit of Quiet Town right here. Pacific train 
That was Quiet Town from The Killer's Pressure Machine. Wonderful album. My number six. Absolutely love it. All right, number five. Uh, Weezer put out two, two albums this year, and uh, OK Human made my honorable mentions, but my top five, we got Van Weezer. This is, uh, this is Weezer basically doing a throwback, uh, hard rock, heavy metal flavored album. It really reminds me of, like, if the Blue Album was allowed to go full hair metal, this is what it would have sounded like. And yeah, this record is great. It's everything I love about Weezer is here, the melodic, catchy songs, the loud guitars. Uh, you really get a sense of what a good guitar player Rivers is on this record. Like, it's really insane. Check out End of the Game. Like, that, that guitar solo that starts it off, it's just a nice, chugging, heavy song. I love this record. It's short, too. It like goes by in a flash. You blink and it's over. It's only 30 minutes, but Hero, All the Good Ones, End of the Game, I Need Some of That, uh, Blue Dream, Sheila Can Do It, uh, Precious Metal Girl is kind of a cool ballad to end the album on. Yeah, it's. I love the yin and the yang of the Weezer albums this year with OK Human being kind of this Beach Boys, Brian Wilson-flavored orchestral thing and then van weezer being this big guitar stadium rock record uh, yeah this is definitely my favorite of the two i love it i got to see them this year i got to see the hell omega tour with them and green day and fallout boy and that was an incredible show yeah weezer keep cranking out the good stuff so yeah my number five is van weezer love it <laughs> Steinhardt, not in Kansas anymore. Uh, Robbie Steinhardt, rest in peace, original Kansas violinist and second vocalist. Uh, this had been a solo record that I'd heard talked about for a little bit. I'd heard that Robbie was working on a solo record and I was really excited to hear it. And then when he passed uh, suddenly in July, I believe it was, I honestly didn't think we would be hearing this anytime soon. I knew it was done and I knew he wanted to play shows, but I was kind of like, well, are they going to still put it out? But they did. It came out, and this album, not in Kansas anymore, is so fucking good. It's really good. If you love classic Kansas, like, if you love the first, like, the first album, I'd say, through Audio Visions, then you're going to love this record. It's very much in that vein. Um, very proggy. A lot of guest musicians on here, too. Patrick Moraz. 
Jim Gentry, Billy Cobham, Liberty DeVito, Ian Anderson, Pat Travers. So, so, so many guests. Uh, yeah, it's and it's a shame that this is his only solo album, but it's a hell of a note for him to go out on. It's a great record to remember him by because he's still singing great. He's still playing great. Like he's you can his violins all over the album. Um, yeah, it's it makes it all the more sh shocking that he is gone now because he just sounds so alive and happy to be making music on this album. It's really a, really a beautiful piece of prog rock. Uh, yeah, I became a big Kansas fan when the pandemic started, so. I was looking forward to this, and when it finally showed up on my doorstep after struggling to get it to me for a while, it seemed like it took forever for it to ship, but when it did get here, man, I was not disappointed. Uh, Truth to Power is a great song. Uh, Mother Earth is kind of... Think, look at it as a gentler version of the death of Mother Nature Suite. Uh, the Phoenix is a really cool, cool song. Uh, he does his own version of Dust in the Wind. There's some great instrumentals on here too, like Climb to Grace is really cool. Um, the Prelude to Dust in the Wind is just gorgeous. Um, Downtown Royalty, which is the, uh, like to me that's the centerpiece of the album. It's this kind of beautiful, sad song about about you know people that you know have kind of lost their way in life. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, gorgeous song. And there's also the title track, Not in Kansas Anymore, which is, probably the most classic kansas sounding song on the album it, you know you could say it's cheesy to call the album not in kansas anymore but it works it works really well and robbie's like i said his voice is great throughout this record and then i love how the record ends with the instrumental a prayer for peace uh the last thing on the album you hear on the album is literally just robbie playing his violin and it's beautiful it's a great great album if you're a kansas fan i highly recommend you go check it out uh, you gotta you gotta get it physically. The label hasn't put it up for streaming for some reason, so go to the label's website. I believe it's Solar Music. Um, get the CD or get the vinyl. It's a great great listen. I promise you will not be disappointed. I'm gonna put a little clip here of I think I'm gonna put a clip of the title track. Not in Kansas anymore. Check this out.
Records, Robbie Steinhardt with Not In Kansas Anymore. Fantastic album. Love it. All right. Moving on to number three. Is it, are we at number three already? Yeah, we're at number three. Um, we got... Uh, is this really number three? Yeah, it is. All right. <laughs> now, number three, we got Eric Church with Heart and Soul. Eric Church put out two albums this year and a little mini one called And that I've not heard. But... Uh, yeah, that was a vinyl exclusive. A tip to artists, uh, don't make things exclusive to a format. It's just not cool. It's not fair. Um, yeah, I haven't heard and, but Heart and Soul, like the two albums, I've heard, and they're both great. I love Eric Church. To me, he's a modern-day kind of like John Mellencamp, Bruce Springsteen type of singer he's he's kind of he's very country he, he falls under the country genre but he's got a lot of rock and roll he's got a lot of a lot of just good musical influence in him a little bit of folk a lot of outlaw country yeah this these albums were fantastic i've been anticipating these it felt like it'd been a while since he'd done a record i can't remember when desperate man came out maybe it was like 2018 that that record came out so and that record was it was good but i don't know i felt like with every record he was kind of Moving forward, like that was a, like, the Outsiders was a step forward from Chief, and and then Mister Misunderstood was a step forward, and then Desperate Man just kind of held the line, which is it's it's fine, but for this album, what he did is he basically went up to like went up on a mountain with his band, and they rented a place out, and they would just go in and do a song each day and knock it out, and they knocked out like two albums worth of material, and all of this stuff is fantastic heart on fire is a great opener very john mellencamp on the heart album uh heart of the night which is a very springsteen-esque song stick that in your country song is a kind of a challenge to the country music scene to write about meaningful stuff i love it never break heart is touching uh love shine down is a cool ballad and then on the album soul um i think i prefer heart the most but soul has some really cool stuff too like rock and roll found me which is this big epic opener and then hell of you is a nice ballad and then uh jenny's kind of a cool strip back song and then the album ends on leonard skinner jones which is a really cool storyteller type song like if you're into like songs that tell stories and just big grand epic music like th these records are essential for you to check out um i know the country thing might put some people off but i implore you check these out these are fun fun albums to listen to um yeah, love Eric Church, one of my favorite artists. Uh, I think I'm going to put a clip of... I'm going to put a clip of Never Break Heart right here. Check it out. People say it's a crime Bringing a life into the world these days It's cold, it's alone It's a heavy stone that the heart can't take Well, hurt's going to keep on trying Pain's gonna keep on crying but Way down deep there's a beat gonna keep on fire So go on and get born heart Let your mama keep you warm heart Get down in the dirt heart Go on get hurt heart Live and let learn heart Don't let fear steal your brave heart Don't let doubt take your faith heart It's okay to cry but don't never break heart It loves like drawing cards with a whiskey gypsy She 
She's a glass half full, take a pull, then a glass half empty. Well, I say lies are made for chances, and eyes are made for glances, and songs are played, and legs are made for dances. Go on, take her hand, heart, and draw a line in the sand, hole. Paint some color on a black heart. Check out Heart and Soul. Great albums. Both of them. All right. And that was not cheating, by the way. I'm counting those as one record. All right. Moving on to number two. Uh, this album, I would say it sideswiped me because I didn't hear this was coming out. Um, it showed up in my Amazon suggestions one day, and I was like, what is this? And I looked up what it was, and I was like, oh, I, I would like this. And then I got it. And it was better than I could have even imagined. I'm talking about Rich, Rack, Rich Rath Project 313, L.A. is Mine. So what this is is a original Ario Speedwagon guitarist, uh, Gary Richrath, had put a band together um, before he passed, and they were working on music. They were going to do an album. And unfortunately, that record never got finished. Um, so sometime later, the band has decided that they were going to finish this record. And they wrote some more songs. And they re-recorded a few REO songs and put it all together and put it out as Rich Wrath Project 313. And man, if you love classic REO Speedwagon, if you love classic melodic rock from like the early 80s and late 70s, this album is a must hear for you. Like the 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 REO vibes are insane. Like heard it on the radio, like that could have come out on that could have been on High Infidelity or uh, what's the album before that? I can't think of the name. The one with only the strong survive. Nine Lives. It could have been on Nine Lives or You Can't Tuna, tuna Fish. Um, yeah, this record is just rock and roll, catchy, made for, made to turn up in your car all the way. Uh, L.A. is Mine is kind of a cool ballad. Uh, Let Me Love Again is cool. I like These Nights a lot. Um, Shoot One for Free is another great rocker. And then they do Son of a Poor Man and Ride in the Storm Out, which are old REO songs, but they sound so, so good. Like, it's, it's again, kind of like the Robbie Steinhardt record. It's a shame that this is, like, all we kind of get of that because they sound so good. I, I don't know if the band's going to continue on, but I think they should. Uh, I think they should keep making music in this vein because I think we need melodic rock and roll like this in the world. I think, I would hope Gary would have wanted that because, yeah, this record is just fun. I it blew me away. I played it over and over and over again, and I'm still playing it. It's just such a good record. Check it out. I'm going to put a little clip of Heard It on the Radio right here. Check this out. Radio, 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 radio.
Project 313, LA is Mine, my number two album of the year. So before we do my number one album of 2021, again, thank you for listening. Um, I appreciate all of my listeners, and I appreciate you tuning in. And uh, especially that you would listen to me just rant into a microphone <laughs> for as long as this episode is, you know, maybe it's an hour, 90 minutes. Um, I've, like I said, most of my content has been interviews or having guests on to talk about stuff. So you had more than just my voice yammering at you. So if you stuck around this long, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, here's to 2022 being even better than 2021. So what was my number one album? I think it's painfully obvious what my number one album of 2021 is. Uh, Dennis DeYoung, 26 East Volume 2. Uh, no, no shocker there, but uh, Dennis DeYoung, uh, one of my favorite vocalists from one of my favorite bands. Uh, this is going to be, he says this is his, his final album. This is it. Uh, he's still going to keep playing shows, but as far as recording music, this is where it stops for him. Which, if this is the note he's going out on, it's a hell of a note to end things on. And I thought 26 East Volume 1 was damn was a damn perfect album this uh, this one might even be better than the first volume uh songs like uh, the last guitar hero like just a driving rocker uh there's no turning back time is a great kind of proggy ballad that builds like it's not a ballad like babe is a ballad like it, it's kind of more like a sweet madam blue or something like that um and then uh hello goodbye is a wonderful beatles tribute uh, the Isle of Misanthrope is kind of like a great Castle Wall-flavored song. Big guitars and everything. Uh, yeah, him working with Jim Peterick on this record was just fantastic, and the last one. Like, I feel like Jim brought a lot of good good ideas to the table, and I hope, part of me hopes Jim can, can pull another album out of him because, man, he's still got it. He's still making great, great songs. Uh, if, that, if you love sticks, like, if you love that sound, if you love that type of music, you know, you're gonna love this album. Uh, I honestly don't get like why, <laughs> like why, why he why they wouldn't want him in sticks anymore because he is full of great music. He's got a great voice still. He can sing his ass off. I've seen him live three times and each time has been incredible. Uh, he was the last concert I actually saw before the pandemic happened. So yeah, like Dennis is a favorite. He's always going to be a favorite of mine, and there was no question that this was going to be my album of the year. I've played it so much. I got so much enjoyment out of it, and uh, it's hard for me to spotlight a, a track from this thing because there's so much, so much great stuff. Um, one thing I want to talk about, I guess I should say, is the grand finale. He did the grand finale from the Grand Illusion. He redid it on this album. It closes it, and uh, he's got his son playing drums, and his son is playing uh, is playing uh, John Panazzo's uh, old. Uh, crash symbol and the last thing you hear on the album is him hitting the crash symbol so which is really cool i think that's great that's a great nod to the past um but i'm gonna play i was gonna do there's no turning back time but i, w I want to spot like the song i'm gonna i'm gonna actually end the show with a full song uh like i did last year i'm gonna do always time and i picked this song because i like it because the song is just Dennis. You know, I usually I picked a I picked a driving rocker last year. I'm picking this one. It's a little lighter, but it's just him and his keyboard and layers of vocals. You really get to hear him as a vocalist on this song. It's really, really beautiful. And I think, you know, after the the hellscape that 2021 could be, we need something beautiful to end it on. So I'm gonna play Always Time. Thank you again for listening. My number one album of the year, 2060s, volume two by Dennis DeYoung.
Till next time, I'm the Sly Dog. Peace, love, rock and roll. Play us out, Dennis.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.